and welcome to Movie Buffs, a show that covers the best action films of all time. I'm your host, Cisco, aka Misfit Minded. You can find me on Twitter at Rampage underscore Misfit and at my movie pages at Misfit underscore Minded on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'm your host, Shani B. You can find me on all the socials at Shani B Movies. And today we're talking about the 1993 film Blood In, Blood Out, aka Bound by Honor. If you haven't seen it, it's the coming-of-age story of three Latino boys from East Los Angeles uh, who are part of a gang, Vatos Locos, and there's some jail stuff, there's some crime stuff. We'll talk about it. Uh, what did you think, Shani B? I mean, I really loved this movie. It gave me the feels of The Basketball Diaries, which is a movie from the 90s. But, you know, seeing this one in East L.A. was just really exciting because living in Los Angeles for such a long time now, I feel very connected to wanting to know the history of these pieces of the city. So I think I like geeked out just as a person. And there were so many things in this movie I just I hadn't thought about in terms of the prison system. Just I'm glad you brought up the prison stuff because I'm interested in how like this movie is so cool. Yeah. It's too cool. Okay. Uh, it made me think so much of Shia LaBeouf's character in The Tax Collector. He reminded me so much of Miklo as if he did some character study by watching this movie. Oh, yeah. Or I bet if you asked him about it, he'd be like, yeah, I know that movie. It's important to me. <laughs> so I can't I can't forget. He watched it before. Definitely that movie. <laughs> as the white guy in the Mexican gang. Doing an accent that... I'm not sure how he got away with, but he gets away with a lot of stuff he shouldn't. So <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah, I I am a fanny B of this movie. I I liked it. I'm happy we did it. Uh, what about you? What are your thoughts? All right. Yeah, I generally liked it. Um, definitely uh, pretty hammy and like melodramatic uh, at times uh, where it felt like an after school special. Um, <laughs> Like, like, and there, there was a part where uh, one of the guys was like, I can't, what did he say? The, the, the guy that was addicted to drugs. And he was like, don't give me the lecture, man. And I was like, okay, this is like the lecture. <laughs> but like, drugs are bad. Gangs are bad. Um, yes, don't leave your needles out because kids who should definitely know better are still going to try to do the heroin, which, cold, cold. But... I think that melodrama. Yeah, it's it it goes it goes in some dark places, uh, and look, yeah, it's kind of soap opery, but um, there's some good stuff in here. Like, in you can tolerate that, um, to keep it like interesting, some good filmmaking, some uh, good acting all around. Um, I would say like the the bond between the three leads, the three brothers, probably the strongest uh acting bits of the film and then um yeah just like the kind of taking you into gang life from when these guys are 18 which is a big stretch for some of these like yeah they definitely did not look 18 <laughs> when uh when i forget like when the mom was like miklo i can't believe you're 18 already i was like whoa <laughs> We're really, we're really just gonna a little stretching. Yeah, stretching it. But then, like as they age into their characters, it gets a little more believable and, uh, yeah, hardcore. I would say, uh, especially when they get into the, you know, gang violence and prison stuff. So yeah, 
I wasn't sure how to feel about, but this movie being three hours long meant that I was never going to sit still for it. You know, that was going to be impossible because I just can't do that. So I watched it in pieces and I actually think that the melodrama helped me not lose the emotional thread that this movie was trying to keep me basically engaged in for three hours straight. And so I feel like I kind of liked the the melodrama-ness of it, Mm -hmm. but I, I was curious if that, I guess it was like curious if that was more about the time and like the way movies kind of, I guess, like did paint up these stories or try to turn them into something to, to something else rather than like the gritty way we would maybe see the same story told today. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why it gave me the feels of the Basketball Diaries, because the Basketball Diaries is also like, this is so serious. It truly happened to the guy that like wrote this memoir. Mm-hmm. But there's like something pretty hammy about it, too. And I don't know, I guess, I you know, Shani B, she likes that shit. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I think that's part of it. Definitely, like the I'm thinking of like um, the substitute with uh, Belushi and uh, <laughs> and like a lot of these, like a lot of them that like take place at schools. You know what I mean? And have this like message of this person is gonna come in the school and just like you know, there's all this drama going on, and I this authority figure has to come in and and save one of these kids literally after school specials there so i think it's part of that we can get into our some of our our nitpicks i think this is a good time to talk about it just because please yeah the biggest one for me was just miklo like why the believability factor if you want to be taken seriously as a gang crime movie there weren't a lot of white dudes in mexican gangs back then Mm -hmm. And so it's very strange choice, but I also, again, if we're talking about the times, we need a white person to identify with because, you know, God forbid a Latino lead a movie. Uh, So (laughs) it's true, especially because they did tap it a few times. Yeah, like they talked about it a few times and they were like, you know, uh, uh, your dad being white is like the problem with why, you know, now you are too entwined in in the violence uh, brotherhood in prison. Mm-hmm. Like that's something Benjamin Bratt kind of harps on throughout. And so I thought that was an interesting thing. But I agree that like it was annoying that we spent so much time with Miklo. Like yeah. I, I like all the stuff in prison because like that that was a cool movie. Like I was like, you know what? I'm trying to see this as a whole movie because this is really, really cool. Right. But it being mostly focused on Miklo kind of sucked because I want to know what it's like for Brat being on the street in his neighborhood and trying mm-hmm. to save the people of his hood. I want to know more about what's going on with Cruz, who basically is like right on the edge of getting out. But because of drugs, it's it's hard for him to escape. And I just feel like we the maybe the more authentic story is the one that suffered. So we could like go to prison and, and do a lot of caricature stuff in there. Yeah. It definitely felt like that, where it's just like, you know, when he's got the shades and like the top button and just like, it's just like this guy is cosplaying as a Mexican gang member. (laughs) That's what I thought. But I was like, you can't be offended on behalf of like, you know what I mean? I was like, you can't do that classic white girl thing of being like, I am offended. So I tried my best to just accept it. Oh, I can say it. I can say it as as part Mexican. (laughs) That was, Thank you. It was pretty corny, and 
like what you were saying. It was just like there were plenty of times when like I was like, oh, this character is way more interesting. Why aren't we following the artist? Why aren't we following the cop? Why aren't we following the leader of the gangs uh, in jail? But it's like, no, we have to have Miklo here to let you know that like it's this white kid that's being corrupted by all of this. Uh, so it just it was weird. I mean, even from like the opening where it's like that flashback of his dad like slapping him around and I was like, oh boy. Yep, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I guess like that's exactly it. It sort of starts there, but it doesn't really end there. No. And it's true. It 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 ha it feels a little superficial that piece of the story cuz I feel like they didn't really get to they didn't really get to ever wrap up the brotherhood between Miklo and Cruz, you know, like Miklo and yeah. Benjamin Bratt's character, they still had an ongoing story. There was supposed to be like the original cut was like five hours long, supposedly. Let's go. And so they had to cut out a bunch of stuff. And um, I think there was, oh, I was kind of confusing the way it was written, but like they had three, what would be like three movies, I guess, worth of stories. So like, the first part was like uh, ended where um, Miko got shot by Paco. Okay. And then the second movie was like prison. So I feel like we got those two, but then it was like the third movie was like allegedly um, the the leader's daughter like growing up to be like a queen pin and then like getting revenge on Miklo at the end or whatever. Hey, what? That let's go. <laughs> i don't know ever, i don't know if they ever filmed that i don't know it's like i said it's kind of confusing i don't know if that's like what they were planning to do or i definitely know there was like a subplot with um uh paco and his wife um which was like barely she's barely shown if at all in the movie uh and uh but you can see her in the trailer like she they definitely shot that stuff wow. but they cut that so but yeah five hours into three hours and so, yeah, maybe maybe the ending, the Miklo ending is in there somewhere because yeah, I'm with you. It was like he's just now he's just the kingpin in jail. Now he's the. <laughs> I mean, also, like he did it so dirty. Yeah, like, everybody. Like, oh, man, he was gnarly for somebody that was preaching about loyalty and brotherhood and whatever. Like, come on, man. I know. I feel like it's a three hour movie from like 30 years ago. So I feel bad like putting the spoilers out there because I want the same. Like, yeah, I loved watching this movie because I was feeling the tension. Like there's definitely melodrama, but there are some moments in the prison scenes yeah. where I'm like, please don't crash into that wall that you're driving towards full speed. Please don't do it. Yeah. And they did it anyway. So mm -hmm. I agree that like it, it, <sighs> Miklo really the the shock of of Miklo's journey is mm. is a good twist but I but it's like unearned because I'm like fuck you for doing it man like mm -hmm. it's a gnarly move but again like it's it's like the the half white kid that did it so it's kind of annoying yeah it's and it's a journey it's a journey all right it's like the hobbit uh <laughs> as a three-hour journey uh <laughs> I mean yes the last one I had that I just was like I mean, the character did his job just um, by being like so snaky and like uh, conniving or whatever. But Popeye, yes, like ever since in, they were in prison, I hated this guy. 
and then they get out and he's supposed to be the one looking after Miklo. He just does everyone so dirty, does Miklo dirty. He's such a piece of shit. Yes. And I'm just like, this guy, and it, it, like in prison too, everyone's like, you owe me money, you know, like, where's, and I'm just like, this guy would not have made it. Like, I just feel like he would have like gotten jumped or beaten to like an inch's life or just killed because like they're putting up with him for what reason? Like, because like, what is he providing for them? I, I guess I just wasn't clear on that. Um, because yeah, he's just doing every double di- like diming on everybody is the reason why Miklo loses his leg because he um you know rats them out to the cops like it's yeah Popeye what a piece of shit I hated that <laughs> it's true I was waiting for hours for him to die because you know for kills I was thinking like I'm sure this one's gonna be real rewarding oh yeah I was sure that it would be super gratifying because the kills in this are like actually pretty dope so. I thought for sure when he was going to pay, he was going to pay good. And I felt really disappointed that he just kept being a total slime. Like, yeah, just totally screwing everyone over and never being made to pay for it. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool. That's pretty much all I had for, I mean, like I said, Miklo was the biggest one. The one that goes through the whole movie. Very hard to get over that. But he did a valiant job. I'll say that. The actor did a valiant. He he definitely committed to that role like Shia LaBeouf did in the tax collector so i guess that's all i guess that's all i can ask for um but yeah did you have anything that you couldn't go over i mean i think i agree you know the the melodrama of some of the moments that were meant to like raise the stakes in some ways are what tripped me up here and there yeah but i think like the biggest takeaway for me and like question i have about reality ultimately is like the the whole uh, uh, operation of how of like just selling drugs in really dynamic and creative ways, you know, the idea that you could sell it on the streets and then people could get addicted to it and then they could go to jail because they had it on their person mm-hmm. and be addicted. So then you could also make money off of them once they got to jail, like made my head explode. And I just <laughs> thought that sucks because the enterprising thought is totally lost and people are going to die because of it but Mm -hmm. so smart so smart at the same time yeah and and the i i I saw your your piece too on the the little boy too that like just sees a needle and immediately like come on (laughs) it's like what is this like i don't yeah i I, i'm with you on that like the cigarette made sense i mean we were all that age once and like i wonder what it's like you know, we're not, people say we're not supposed to do it, but as far as a needle, I feel like I wouldn't just be like, Hey, but you know, they're trying to make a message about it. Yeah. The heavy handed message parts. I didn't love that much. Uh, but I guess I was curious about, I guess about the prison stuff too. Cause I was conscious of that too. Thinking like a lot of what's going on in these prison sequences is also kind of caricature esque. You know, like, sure, there truly are prison gangs. And yes, like the most vile white dudes of all time are there. So I felt like they nailed that part of it. Yeah. But I feel like some of the Latino gangs and the black gangs were like not really treated with an authentic treatment, like at all. Right. Even though, you know, Delroy Lindo was there being a baller. Like always, like he always is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, as far as filmmaking? Um we can get into what what were some of your favorite like pieces of that oh man i mean i guess i the prison stuff really is what i take away the most from this mm-hmm. uh just 
the fact that like so many people showed up there, you know, Billy Bob Delroy being there, uh, Trejo being there, just like <laughs> so many people all of a sudden being like, oh, wow, you're in this movie, too. Amazing. I that really stuck with me. And also, I think the tension of those sequences where I wasn't really sure how people could get away with murder in prison. I hadn't thought about it in a serious way. And this movie made me be like, dude, I I never wanted to go to prison straight up. But like now I really don't want to go. Yeah. You know, it's not Orange is the New Black in there, you guys. It really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. It almost felt like because like what you were saying about like the melodrama kind of keeping you invested or whatever. Like I did feel like there were certain like kind of moments for me that was like, OK, now we're uh the energy is kind of being brought back so like the prison sequence definitely was like one of those where it's like the director you could almost feel like man the director really wanted to make maybe like a prison movie yes over like this this epic uh you know life story because like once it got to the prison stuff it was like very intense and like you're you just you see the whole ecosystem like how it's working how um you know, like the they're passing the money, the bets or whatever. And it's like, yes. Um, so that stuff was like, yeah, that stuff was really um, captivating for me, too. And then, yeah, he has to, you know, prove himself. So he has to kill the chef, uh, which was like super intense. And yeah, like, uh, <laughs> again, like kind of funny, too, that he has to like seduce the chef. <laughs> but I guess like when you're in prison, you do have to do what you have to do. <laughs> So yeah, the, I'm I'm with you. The prison stuff was was some of the best for sure, filmmaking wise, I would say, and definitely the most action. Yes, yes, and and the most like authentic performances are coming out of there. You know, like that the uh, chef guy getting killed was really rewarding because he was so despicable. Like his character <laughs> was really good. What he what he had to do, how Miklo had to feel, all that was good. Yeah. Like Popeye tried to assault him up in there too. Oh he yeah, just, that like, was... nowhere was safe to be to just you know be in this place no and so yeah i feel like that him proving himself in that way was pretty gnarly but i think i think my favorite of them all is that final sequence when the big coup is taking place and the dia de los muertos festival is happening in slow-mo and the intercutting mm. that was pretty baller like that yes. made me be like damn i've been sitting for this movie for it took me days to watch this movie and it has been worth it <laughs> yep to me, that was like one of the standout sequences, too, for sure. Like the, you know, it's the famous Godfather, you know, intercutting with the baptism uh, thing. But like uh, in this instance, he yeah, has Dia de los Muertos and, you know, they set it up like we're going to celebrate the Mexican holiday. <laughs> and and then when they yeah, and then when they do and then he like, um, yeah, double crosses uh, the black gang, which is fucked up it was super fucked up I gnarly uh, yeah and then that's just like the beginning of how the last like 10 minutes there are just like a couple of shock bombs dropped where you're like that too yeah whoa <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so i'm with you like that i thought that sequence was really well done um i also like uh i think the first half is definitely better because like the last half i felt it like starting to drag when it not the Benjamin Bratt like police stuff, but it was like he goes back to prison, Miklo. Yeah. And then it's like the, the whole him being a coming up 
Kingpin, I thought that kind of lost me a little bit yep. in terms of and until that coup part. That coup was like the yeah, the best part. But um I thought like when it first started though, it did have like this like really powerful like energy of like, okay, you get these brothers. Yes. And they're all hanging out, they're partying. You can tell they have a really good bond. And then um you see like they're beefing with like the local gangs and that, you know, leads to all of those like early scenes where you know they're they're spray painting miklo smashes the window that's right and then they're like we'll wait till the we'll wait till the next day yep and they they kind of uh jump them there and then there's that police chase like it's like it's back to back to back to back like um really intense stuff and then yeah then uh they paralyze a dude by smashing him over the fire hydrant i was like gnarly god damn some really gnarly violent scenes in this movie out of nowhere like in the middle of the melodramatic stuff <laughs> well that's exactly it like definitely trying to stress the point that it that no matter where you go it's unsafe mm-hmm. right like it's unsafe in your area because even with your boys you know you could be just hooking up with a with a girl and they can drop you on a fire hydrant and ruin the whole rest of your life mm-hmm. so I, I agree that that early stuff has some good things and and like uh Benjamin Brad being like so uh being like so fiery mm-hmm. was like pretty cool actually. I don't love it because he was so dangerous and like ultimately yeah. you know the series of events where that amazing retaliation scene during the day takes place where he's like we're you know like we're not scared to come for these fools like straight up in daylight was is pretty awesome too. Yeah. Yeah and then yeah he carves the the vatos locos in the chest which was <laughs> gnarly uh and then they let him go though but then he has to shoot last minute so it was yeah it was a lot it was a lot early on but i think that's like important so where you you kind of care about these characters and where they're going and it might it might have bitten off a little more than they could chew um you know like i said what you said with three hours being a lot of movie (laughs) but uh we can get into the performances here who you think gave some of the best ones i mean for me um like you said benjamin bratt i think has to do a lot of different versions of like you say he has to play the fiery uh teenage version but then he has to play like the marine like the stiff marine and then he's in this like (laughs) and he's in this like ridiculous like hippie serpico outfit uh (laughs) that yes that I immediately, I immediately knew. I was like, this is, he's undercover. Like, I was like, there's no way. Working vice and shit. Uh. <laughs> but it was just like Jarhead, you know, they got arrested and Miklo went to jail and he went into the military. Yeah. Another thing where, you know, they, they don't explain a lot of the other characters. It's just like they check in on each other here and there. Mm-hmm. So it's like when they get busted, Miklo and uh, Paco um you follow miklo but then you don't know what happens to paco you just so i'm like maybe did he go to jail with them did he go to a different jail or whatever like Mm -hmm. what happened and then like yeah it's revealed that he went to the marines um and then when he got back um you know yeah being an undercover cop with uh biff from back to the future which (laughs) which was wild right another surprise Uh, I love that in that uh, undercover scene too. I thought again, really good energy to it. Where like these two women are like they're in this drug deal, but there's this like seduction game going on too. Where they're like, we're like, okay, they're like, you ever been in a threesome before? Like, mm-hmm. 
energy in that scene was like really i was like it was unpredictable i was like i don't know what's happened uh but this is and then yeah it you know they they uh she pulls down his shirt like i think that was intentional definitely too like they were trying to feel him like out to see if they could trust him yeah and then she was like feeling for a wire and found the wire or whatever and led to a huge shootout so that was another good action scene yeah so awesome and then he's running around with the and his boxers to chase the car <laughs> ah, i loved it yeah i loved his that little moment so good it's like why didn't we why didn't we have a little bit more balance where we could have more of that stuff because yeah, two ladies being in charge, like him taking down a couple of chi- uh, lady uh, kingpins was pretty dope, too. Yeah. And then she, oh, she had that really awesome gun, too, with, like, the four chambers. Yes. Where she, like, that was, like, and then she, like, points at his dick, and she's, <laughs> I was like, man, this is really uncomfortable, but, like, I can't not watch <laughs> at the same time. So, yeah, him, uh, then, yeah, you have the artist, Cruz, um, who, again, like, you, like, uh, you know, again, this movie is very obvious and how like where it telegraphs. So like, as soon as you're like, he has a scholarship for his art, and it's like he's definitely not going to get to follow through on that. Sadly, and <laughs> it's like, oh, so he's either going to die or there's something tragic going to happen. And so then, yeah, he gets paralyzed. He starts uh, taking heroin for the pain. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't get an I feel like we don't get enough of that guy, but like he was really good. The actor was really good. Yeah, we only get to see that scene where it, somehow in his art has gotten him to a place where like some white woman from Beverly Hills is like, just oh, keep yeah. your friends out so we can sell your art. I love that scene too. I really love that scene. Yeah, his friends coming through and like talking shit about the art and him and everything. Yeah. That was so fun because it it really does show that. Like he, the the passion is is captured in the art, mm. and I liked the juxtaposition of how like the you know all these art collectors they don't want like what is in the art they just want to be buying the art you know I was going yeah I was gonna say that too where it's like it's like yeah like where where uh, people talk about like cultural appropriation and it's like yeah you respect the art or or the culture that comes out of you know in this case like Mexico Mexicans but you don't actually respect Mexican and like yeah they're drunk and they're acting a fool or whatever but the way they're all looking at them and like you know they his friends like can't even get in and he's like he's like you see me on that picture that's my ticket <laughs> <laughs> like I, I loved uh that and yeah and then like the fact that he's doesn't even have money to like take home at the end of the night like where she's like that's not how it works and it's like well I need something you know that's that's unfortunate too where it's like yeah he's an artist but he's not seeing his pay like what's what's this all about and and you see her like uh before that scene where she's like kind of negotiating without him with somebody else mm-hmm. and i was like what the f-? i was like i mean i i guess there are those people that are uh whatever like art dealers um but still like if this guy's struggling like damn throw him a bone <laughs> But it's also like they're helping you understand that that it isn't just about like removing yourself from a from an environment that is not going to help you thrive. It's also like the realization that the external environments seek to exploit as well. Yeah. You know, like that's why the stuff in prison is so powerful when he's like in here, we have to stand together because it's like a different world. Mm -hmm. Like we could fight out there or whatever, but not in here. And I think, you know, out there, they're sort of saying like, 
when Miklo tries to go straight, like his boss is like, nah, like I know that you you need this job more than than, you know, I need you. So. I can exploit you here. Constantly exploited, yeah. You know, like Cruz's art. Constantly. Exactly. No matter where they go, they want someone to sort of do something for them. And even in a way, that's kind of what Brat is facing, being a police officer, like, mm-hmm. you know, a reformed Vatos Locos guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the best. But, you know, like that, I think that being a parent in each of their lives was an important important piece of this since they were going to make Miklo be the center too. Yeah, it just... It was a little unbalanced, like with Miklo being 60% and then Brat and uh, Brago, the other dude, getting like 40. Like, if that, you know, where it was like, yeah. So it's like, it, that, that's what was tough about it, where it's like, you, you get like kind of what they wanted to do, but like, it's like, they really loved the Miklo stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was so much more about like Miklo feeling like he could embrace his his relationship to the culture or something. Like yeah. he was always being like, "This is what it means. This is what it means." And people were always being like, "Why do you? Why are you the authority on what it means, bro?" Right. Like you don't get to say what it means. <laughs> like I'm brown on the inside. That's what counts. <laughs> I it's so good. An actual line from the movie. Yeah, that exists. That is on record. That fully exists. (laughs) (laughs) Again, that's what Shia LaBeouf, I'm sure, was working from in his work as well. Yeah, it's interesting because I think, you know, that's like what Hollywood is so funny at doing is being like, we're trying so hard to honestly portray this culture. To be inclusive. Yes, but we can't help but like really get stuck in stereotypes and make sure that like, there is a white savior of some kind yep. present within these stories. It's just so interesting how like Miklo becoming the kingpin of it all and being like, they're just helping us spread out. Like we're going to take over. Yeah. I guess at least he wasn't a sa He was a savior in the gang sense, but I guess he wasn't like, so it's like different in that way. It's not like a savior of like, I have to get you out of the gang culture. Like, you know, I'm better, than, but it it's still weird. It's, yes, it's still, like no matter what way you slice it, it still came out like a little off because of that. Yes, I'm still confused about why the balance was what it was. The message, yeah, because like this is not based on a someone's memoir, right? No. Okay, yeah, I didn't think so. I just wasn't sure because when they like have people and they're like, this is, you know, this is so important and they try to be authentic, you never know. But yeah, maybe that makes sense because I know that they also held this movie for a while. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. It's interesting that they, you know, played it safe, uh, predominantly focused on like the the white character here and still held it anyway. Mm -hmm. That's like kind of weird to me. Yeah, this is a we can say that now. This was a this is a Disney movie amazing uh as crazy as that (laughs) back when disney used to make stuff like this they did but yeah so the movie was completed two years before it was released and the reason being uh why they was shelved for so long was because the la riots right and um american me which is also one of the writers of this movie worked on that film um wrote, wrote that very similar um if you haven't seen that like it's I was there was honestly parts where I was getting because I've seen American Me. I haven't seen this one, but there were moments in this film where I was like, "Okay, is this 
I think I've seen this before, but I was getting it confused with American Me because it's very similar. Oh, snap. There's a prison uh, plot in there. That one's uh, Edward James almost, though. But okay. yeah, very, also very good. Okay. Um, and it's, a, a, like, again, another like life look. Like you know what I mean, complete journey movie. Okay. Um. So it was it was kind of confusing, but uh. Anyways, and so yeah, that's why it was held for two years. Also, the reason uh this movie has two names is because of that as well, because they thought blood in blood out, which was the motto of the La Onda gang in prison. <laughs> uh, um. They didn't. They felt that that would promote gang violence. People would take away the wrong messages from that. So then that's why they put "Bound by Honor" as the title because they felt that was more in line with the message to take away from this movie. <laughs> uh. So. All right. I don't know where you stand. Blood and Blood Out is a fantastic title, and I hate that "Bound by Honor" is what's like on the cover because I've always known this movie to be called blood and blood out i like literally just watching uh or doing this uh watch along was the only time i've ever heard it bound by honor so it's i yeah that has not lasted or held up well <laughs> blood and blood out is the is the message like that that i think that encapsulates it perfectly like it's so it's so uh hardcore that it's blood and blood out and that's the, how hard it is to get out that's right it's, it's blood deep that's right like, i think that's a perfect fucking title and miklo being you know part you know hispanic and dealing with that blood blood uh message yeah so i don't know i thought that was a perfect title yes i agree i feel like it's exactly like we were talking about with the covenant where it just doesn't make sense that they would change it necessarily oh yeah but... interpreter the interpreter is so much better <laughs> such a better one but i also understand their like hilarious you know the reasoning in the 90s of like you know if there's another movie that competes because now i need to see this other movie so that i can also have a better understanding of this kind of storytelling and like maybe what was happening but also it makes perfect sense that the people whoever was at disney even though they were risque enough to make this movie that they would be like that's you know, we're too, we're too tight to do something like that. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like that is what it is. You know, like his blood is why he thinks he's allowed to do the things he does. And they say that too, right? Like his mom, his mom was Mexican, but his dad was was white. And that, and like, he always beat on each, his dad tried to beat the Mexican out of him or her. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was a throwaway line, but I was like, wait, that's like an important, like, no, like if you're, if we're, Focusing on Miklo, we might want to know a little bit about that. <laughs> yes, yes, but it is kind of brushed over pretty quickly because I think they're trying to have him, I guess like he's trying to feel like th- he should only embrace the Latino elements of his yeah. identity. And like this movie is at least Benjamin Bratt's character and I think Cruz also, they're trying to challenge that for him mm-hmm. and be like, cool it, you're... Right. you're- <laughs> You're embracing the wrong, <laughs> the wrong part. Like, even though obviously you you had some blood in here of the culture. <laughs> yeah, you're like almost appropriating yourself. Oh yeah. So that was an interesting thing, and and again, something I think like if this movie were to get made today in some way, would be far more explored and would probably be feel yeah so much better. All Mexican cast would not have Miklo in it. <laughs> 
we say that though, but then they made the tax collector with Shia LaBeouf. So fuck That's do I true. know? I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be different. <laughs> that was only a few years ago, folks. <laughs> I know you got to get out of here soon, so let's do let's do some speed around stuff. Yes, please. Uh, let's combine best stunt, best kill. Go. What was what you got? The best stunt, I think, I, has to be like all the leg amputee leg stuff for sure, just because it looked so good and his double looked really good too. Yes. But for the kills, gotta be Delroy Lindo's death. The to the shock, oh, the yeah. change, and also the awesome uh, visual effect. He went on like a G too. He took on like three guys. And sure did. They didn't take. They didn't like. It wasn't like the first guy. Like no, he took out one guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that was a good one. That's right. What about you? Yeah, I also was really impressed with the amputated leg stuff because I was like, how are they going to do this? I'm like, you know, this was 1993, which I believe is the same year as Forrest Gump. So I'm like, what kind of uh, trickery is going to happen with the Lieutenant Dan, you know, yep. uh, stuff? But they didn't do uh, the digital. Probably They probably didn't have the budget of Forrest Gump. Nah, nah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they did the other way, which was, you know, the traditional way of having a yeah amputee double for him but like the way that they edited it is very seamless yes a couple times noticeable but like yeah when he's getting in the shower and yeah you know he's he's taking off uh his his prosthetic like uh while he's in the cell um very realistic like very really cool. I, I thought they did a night um that could have went you know a different way too if we're talking about like that's that's a whole other you know issue of like disabled people yes um that they fit in this movie but i thought that that was really well done before it's kind of like forgotten about after that. Yeah. But that little, that little portion I was, is, was pretty impressive. And then for best kill, um, same prison kill montage. Uh, I thought though, the more impressive one was like the burning, burning the head Nazi guy. Yes. Was fucking pretty crazy. Cause that guy was a dick the whole movie too. So that was very satisfying. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, another one where they linger on the stunt man just in that suit, just flailing around. Burning. Like, oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty intense. I mean, all this, all the um, kills in that sequence though were pretty horrific and violent. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. For a Disney movie, the kills were not too shabby. Yeah. Uh, at all. And yeah, I think that there there was like that other one where Trejo is just like walking through and someone is hanging from the rafters, just like bleeding down. Yep. The blood, the blood comes out on him. Yep. Pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I'm so glad we did this movie. I, I, yeah, I feel embarrassed that I didn't know about it earlier and that I hadn't seen it yet, but I am grateful to know about it. No, I hadn't seen it either. My, my it's, yeah, it's one like I always, you know, my dad always talked about or whatever is, you know, one of the best uh, Latino gang movies out there. Um, so glad to have finally seen it. And then I'll do speed around trivia real quick. Just the most important ones, um, because I, I was interested, too, about uh, some of the background. So Damien Chapa, Benjamin Bratt and Jesse Borrego, the three brothers, live with real gang members in East Los Angeles for three months in order to help them develop the characters they are portraying, perfect their roles. Cool. The Hispanic prison gang La Onda is fictional, um, but the gang is based on real life Mexican mafia prison gangs. The other two gangs, the BGA, Black Gorilla Army, and the Aviers, the Aryan Aryan Vanguard, um, are based off of the Black Gorilla family and the Aryan Brotherhood, which are the real counterparts. Okay. The Pino iconic tree 
that is shown throughout the film to symbolize brotherhood still stands. It is now considered a historical monument and will not be permitted to be cut down for any reason. I thought that was really cool. Yes. <laughs> I got to go hike to it. <laughs> right. Michael Mann was considered to direct the film. I thought that would have been amazing if that happened. <laughs> if that happened, this movie, it'd have a different life for sure. And then the last one, this was really, did not expect this piece of trivia for this movie, but uh, at the time of the film's release, two soundtracks were planned, one of pre-recorded music under the Disney label, and then the second one was to be done by award Academy Award winner Bill Conti who had an aggressive Latin score to be released on a different label. The first one uh, was released under Disney um, titled blood and blood out. But then like, because of the title change and the shelving and all that, the second CD got made, but wasn't released. But it's so because of that, it's one of the rarest soundtracks in existence, rarely available for sale. Wow. And so, yeah, one of the rarest soundtracks is from blood and blood out because of that history. Oh, that's amazing. I'd love to have a Blood In, Blood Out vinyl of the record. <laughs> That'd be pretty I thought the music was great. The whoever did the Disney the Disney version, I like again, really putting you into this world through the music too. I wish Disney would make more movies like this. I know they you know, they've acquired like uh uh Fox or whatever, so they've at least acquired like some picture houses that still make movies like this so we'll see oh for sure i know <laughs> the last duel that was like the last but that was from that was an acquisition from fox like you said yeah but we can hope um all right cool yeah but i think uh yeah that wraps it up let's let's get our plugs in let's get out of here remind the people where you can uh they can find you awesome first and foremost be sure to follow the show at action movie buff so you never miss a minute of the action and uh, please follow me on Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook at Shani V Movies. Yes. And then don't forget to subscribe, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a positive review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. Follow me on Twitter at Rampage underscore Misfit. And then my movie page is at Misfit underscore Minded on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time on another edition of Movie Buffs. Stay buff. <laughs>